It's an integral part of being a parent, what you have to do, because part of this is all, you know, parent permission, and, and particularly with the navigationing the, uh, uh, the, the financial aid process, this, this get be very complex for a high school age student. And they need to concentrate on their studies and, their, and getting better at their sports. And the parents need to do their part. And so uh, it's open for all these kids, and, and uh, hopefully uh, we're going to have a real packed crowd. I know a lot of the kids that have contacted me, and people are coming down from Tucson also. Perfect. And, and Mr. Fanning, as far as the outreach coordinator, I mean, obviously, I have not heard of a school doing this before. Um, what, how did this come up? What did you guys think of? Do you have a lot of students who are like, you know, I'd like to play at the next level, but I don't know how? There's quite a few students that, that uh, fit in that category. Um, when Coach Gurren came on, um, he truly cares about the kids. He cares about their well-being, cares about their future. They're going to be in high school for you know, a short period of time. And some of these students who have the ability, who have the grades, who have the work ethic, you know, they want to go to that next level. They want to participate, you know, whether it be in-state, out-of-state. Whether, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be at the D1, D2, D3, JUCO, um, there, there's a spot for, for most of our kids. And uh, Coach Skurin's thought is basically turning into reality. It's coming into fruition. Um, where, where students like uh, Coach Skurin said, students from uh, Cochise County, students from Santa Cruz County, from Sauerita, a few from Tucson, coming down and really figuring out the process. Um, it's a uh, it's it's from six to eight o'clock. It is uh, April twenty seventh, Wednesday. Um, we're going to have a, a whole crew there, you know, helping out with the process. Um, when they get into the parking lot, they're going to be greeted by our law enforcement, helping them park and and letting them know uh, the direction to go. We'll have some JROTC students who are going to be escorting all of our guests uh, to our performing arts center, state of the art performing arts center. Um, that's where it will all start. Um, we'll go from six to seven o'clock, where uh, some of the folks at Coach Gurn, some of the elite programs in the state of Arizona throughout the Southwest are going to be um, talking to our students. Uh, it's going to be the first hour is going to be uh, in the Performing Arts Center, where they're going to be kind of discussing the uh, the process. The next hour from 7 to 8, we're also going to have our culinary uh, students out there helping us out and hopefully providing some uh, refreshments um, to, uh, to all of our guests. Um, that's the way we do things at uh, Santa right, Cruz very, Valley. Very welcoming. So, just to, so it's Wednesday. What was the date again? Wednesday, April 27th. Uh, so it's, it's right around the corner. Right. It's coming up fast. Um, and it's and at the high school. It's at Rio Rico High School. Okay. And uh, like I said, all you know, we, we welcome everybody. You know, um, whether it be male, female, um, we we want these students to come and learn about the process. Uh, the second hour from seven to eight is going to be more of a personalized uh, look, where our students are going to be able to visit with some of these uh, pros at what they do and just talk a little bit more if they have some questions that maybe they didn't get answered during the first hour uh, they're able to sit and talk with uh, some of these individuals that that know the uh, know the system inside and out and how to navigate through that system and if you guys don't mind I mean this is really interesting and I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be interested in, in attending this is a really good idea do you guys mind if we talk a little bit about recruiting sports recruiting here in Santa Cruz County or what there is of it and I just I know when I was a kid I was from a small 
farming town in northern Colorado, and and the way I got s seen was going down to Denver and playing in the tournaments down in Denver because nobody was going to come up to to Windsor, Colorado to come watch me play, right? Is that kind of how it is here in Santa Cruz County? If you want to be seen, you got to go up to Phoenix or Tucson? Yes, it's very much that way. Even Tucson now is not the hotbed that it used to be. Phoenix, with 5 million people, uh, let's face it, a lot, you know, some recruiters can go there and go to 10, 12 schools, particularly with open enrollment and students transferring to different schools. You know, a lot of the athletes go to a, a smaller number of schools now, and it's hurt competition, but that doesn't mean they're not great athletes or athletes that compete at the various levels. You know, you, 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 aside from the NCAA and their three divisions, you have junior college, you have NAIA, there's two different levels of NAIA, each of them has their different requirements, and, and a lot of those schools are, are dying for kids that we have down here in the Santa Cruz Valley. And they just don't know about them. And the whole idea that I had was, let's expose these kids. Let's teach them how to get their own self-exposure. If the recruits won't come, recruiters won't come down here, let's provide the kids with the information so they can reach out, if they wish, to the colleges. And then the colleges can respond now. With the Internet and everything that goes on in technology, it's very easy to shoot some film by clicking one button up to a recruiter but they have to know about you first. And that was, that was my, my idea. But they have to get into this NCAA portal. They've got to figure it out. They must apply for financial aid. And, of course, they've got to have the grades. Right. And I want to talk about the grades in a second. So I'm going to date myself here. And I want to talk a little bit about the process. And then we'll get into the importance of the grades because that's a big deal. Um, is it still, if you want to get recognized and you don't live in a Phoenix or even a Tucson, uh, is it still you send your tape in? I remember for us it was you you make a VHS tape and you send it to whoever you have the mail address for. Like that's I'm dating myself, but is that concept still, still the same, or can you just make a an Instagram uh, an account and put all your stuff on but that? Basically, it comes down to the tapes. In the end, I mean, I'm a coach and I've coached in college and been a head coach in college. And in the end, you got to like the person you see on the film. Uh, you know, you but they have to go through a certain process to even be considered. If they haven't gone through the NCAA portal and received their, their recruiting number, the colleges technically can't do anything but really talk to them on the phone. They can't even visit the campus. It, it's, it's, it's a process that has to be followed. But if they have the talent, we will teach them how to be discovered. Right. And, and that is it. Yes, it still is the tapes. It still comes down to that. But there are a few tricks in there that to, to whet the appetite of the college coaches. You have to remember that a college coach at a school like the University of Arizona or Northern Arizona, they're going to look at 1,000 or more tapes. Right. And they're only going to have 25, 30 scholarships and maybe 5 or 10 walk-ons in addition to that. Also, what's happened nowadays is you, with these NILs and the, and the transfer portal that's opened up in college football, the high school athletes are getting the short end of that stick. And they have to find their own way to swim upstream, if you will. They just have to understand the process, how to be discovered. Fewer of those kids are going to get full scholarships because, let's face it, it's easier to take a kid who's been playing in another college that has college tape than it is to guess on a high school kid. And it is a guess. You're trying to predict what a 17, 18-year-old senior will look like in two or three years. Right. It's like, 
That's why free agents get paid more than the kids that get drafted, right? It's just the way the system is built. And let's face it, experience matters. Exactly. So I would, let's get back to the the grades part of thing. I don't know, if Mr. Fanning, if you want to comment on this with all your years in, in education. Um, what do you feel is the most important thing for a kid when it comes to a, a student athlete, in that order, student athlete? They work on that balance. What When you see the, the kid that comes up with a great GPA and is still a stellar athlete, what kind of things do you think they have in common? Well, it, it's incredibly important. And as a former coach, as a school administrator, as an athletic director, one of the things that uh, is critical is that you do stress exactly what you just said student athlete student comes first um and that's what i that's what college recruiters are looking at if you can get it done in the classroom if you have the desire the work ethic to get it done in the classroom plus you have the ability in whatever sport that you're participating in it's going to make it much easier to get noticed uh, by by that university or by that college. Um, and what I always tell people is when you get into middle school, that's kind of where it starts. And that's why I'm glad that Coach Skurin, uh, you know, is, is talking about having eighth graders come because it starts there. If they have that work ethic and they have that, that uh, positive behavior um, and they get involved, whether it be clubs, sports, um, more likely than to have a great high school career academically. Uh, and then, like I said, if they have the athletic talent, I've seen students who don't necessarily, aren't necessarily elite athletes. I've seen them go to the next level, and I've seen them be uh, successful at a smaller school, perhaps. So in, in those smaller schools, oftentimes there's not an athletic scholarship there for them. So they have to rely on that academic scholarship. So it's it's critical that the grades, the, the student and the athlete run parallel with each other. Uh, incredibly important. Thank you. Within the same framework, keep in mind for these, for these kids that, that are interested, that financial aid comes in a lot of different forms. Uh, in addition to athletic scholarship, most of the athletes that go play in some level of college do not get an athletic scholarship. They're there because of what we call grants. Uh, a student who fills out the financial aid information and does it properly and their family has a need, they can qualify for, for grants of all different, not just academic grants, but, but because they're coachable, because they're reliable, because they have a great work ethic, they have great letters of recommendation. Schools want and need this type of student, and they're willing to pay for that to reduce the t tuition substantially. There's, there's also work-study they can take out loans, but that's getting that's gotten everybody's aware of now of how difficult that's become, and and harness their children for lives because because financial aid debt never goes away, even if you declare bankruptcy. So understanding this process and and working on it so that you can step up to the plate ready when your time comes. If a recruiter calls, the phone answers, and you're ready to go, they they think you're much more valuable. Uh, athlete to have on their campus and have a much better chance of succeeding there as both a student and an athlete, which is why we try and get this part. And don't forget the NCAA and the NAIA all have minimum GPA requirements. And so, so we talked about the athletic part. We talked about the academic part. Now, as a former 
college football coach, when you pop on that cape or on that cape, when you pop on that tape, or you meet that kid when he comes into your office to talk to him, what are the intangibles you're looking for? What do you want to see in that tape? What do you want to see in that conversation? I want to see the kid that actually applied for me. When the kid walks in the room and he's three, four inches shorter, then he, then he appears on, on, on the... I didn't, I didn't see that coming. But think about it. Everything, motivated or Everything <laughs> after that, I, I don't know to believe or not believe. I don't know who wrote those, those recommendations. I, wanna, I, I need, like all of us, we need to see live transcripts. I can't see a, a copy. I can't tell you, you, or you tell me the grades. That doesn't work. I, I want to see that the real person, the person I talked to on the phone, the person I got interested, I want to see that person in my office. That's, that's really helped me. I, I started a program, the football program, Pima College, out of the dirt. And we were highly successful right away. Uh, we upset the defending champ, national champion in our opening game. And we were nationally ranked in our first year. That's unheard of. And how did that happen? I knew the kids before they came to me. I, I recruited the kids that were, I, I like to say, eligible, that's grades, reliable, that's what we're talking about right now, and healthy. That means they do the work to be the student athlete right. on the field and they're going to perform at an increased level every year. That's all done through hard work. And, and so I, those are the three things that I think I look for in that kid. And, and once I find out that a couple of these things were just they just lied about them on the application. It really changes the whole dynamics. Because all the balls now, the way the structure is, all the balls, if you'll forgive the tennis analogy, are on the side of the court of the colleges. We are in a rural area down here. It might not be like a farm area, but we're still considered a rural area. Our competition down here in the valley is not like it is in Phoenix with 5 million people. And so our kids have to have, you mentioned the right word, they have to have the intangibles. And that's the thing that the college coach has to, they've got to kind of fall in love with that person and know that that person's going to go on the, the trip to success with them. Remember this, you, all you student athletes out there, please remember this. When you go play in college, it's going to be the first time in your life that that coach could get fired because you don't help them win. And it sets up a completely different dynamic. And when you go in to begin to talk with your coaches, they want a person that's going to be on that trip with them, if you see what I mean. Way to look at it, but you're right. And, you know, and that kind of leads into what I wanted to ask, to ask next. So the people that, the game last night, the championship game last night, people don't realize, I think, that those are 18-year-old kids, right? So how, as a coach and as a parent, right, do you work or prepare your your son or daughter to play at handle that type of pressure when they go to a, the next level people they don't know they're the coaches on them obviously because it's a coach's job you know that's that's a, that's something they've never experienced before how do you work with the kid when that first year and uh, god forbid they're in the national championship game and they're they're on national TV, right? Well, as a trained psychologist, I can give you a few insights on that that have worked for me and I think are very important. First and foremost is the child must love the sport. They must love the work and the commitment that it takes to get where they want to be. It's like fulfillment of a dream. 
And you know what, parent? You could help them along the way. You could guide them. You could hold their hand. You could talk to them. But in the end, the kid has to be the one that does it. And it doesn't matter if it's softball. It doesn't matter if it's football. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's basketball or any other sport. Nowadays, they have lacrosse. They have boxing. They have rodeo. All these sports are now played at the college level because the colleges know that those individuals that do that work to be successful on that level, they're going to be good student athletes and they're going to represent that university well, both as a student athlete on campus and as an alumni being successful in life afterwards. And that, that's part of the thing. Look, we all see the bad news. We all see when an athlete messes up and ruins things for the entire college for the entire team, not just for them and their family. These things now on social media go all over the world. I mean, just think about the message that you have on your phone answering machine. A, a college coach calls you and your cell phone rings and you're busy, you don't pick it up, and they hear your voice message and it's something that's, let's just say, negative right. and doesn't represent you well as a person. Can you still get a scholarship? The answer is maybe, but probably not. You'd have to be one fine athlete to overcome all those things. Because remember, like I said, in the end, the coaches in college have to win or they're gone. And they're looking for students that could help them along that path. A student that loves to play wants that moment in the spotlight. The student that loves to work to prepare is ready for that moment when the light shines bright on them. I, I've relied on that. I've been fortunate enough as a coach to win six state championships. And I've relied on those types of kids, and they've treated me very well, both on the field and our team success, and then as my friends long after they've graduated. And that, you know, that's really one of the neat things about coaching, right? Those lifelong relationships that you make with the kids, with the parents, with the families. So I wanted to, you touched on something very important that uh, is new. Well, not new, I guess, 10, 15 years, but social media. We mentioned... Eighth graders are invited to this event. Eighth graders are already on social media. A few recommendations maybe for eighth graders that would like to play at the next level with their social media because it's a thing. It's not going away. It's a thing and it's going to continue to be more and more. A few recommendations maybe? Well, first of all, as you know, well know, schools have enough to do. But the world is changing and technology is becoming a much more important part of all that. I think it's time we start thinking about a class in school or part of a class in school where we understand and teach the importance of social media, the pitfalls of it, how do a student can avoid falling into those things, and not just because they do something bad with their social media, but because other people do something bad to them and these kids get rolled into that trap. And there's some really sad stories out there now of kids being impacted by that. As a coach for the student athlete, I, I have to tell my kids that you, one of those things could happen right now. Look, in, in my pocket and my phone, I've got the entire Library of Congress. I could look up almost anything that happens in the world. Yesterday, I talked to people in Italy, Germany, France, and Japan on my phone. That's wonderful. At the same time, if I went downtown and did something that I shouldn't be doing as a, as a school teacher and a representative of Santa Cruz Valley School District. And some people took a movie or shot that on my phone. That could ruin my entire career. A thousand, 10,000 good things that I've done in my career and one stupid move now recorded on a cell phone and everything goes away. And I think when I talk to kids about that, which I do on my team, because 
listen, these kids want to be recognized for doing positive things. But we have to, we have an obligation, I think, as adults to teach them what an instrument that we've provided them. We've provided them this, this instrument that could be one of the best tools they've ever had educationally or one of the worst things that has ever happened in their life. Right. It, can, it can definitely be used as a positive, right? Even in, in recruiting, the recruiting process. For everything. I mean, you could look up so much information that in a heartbeat. Well, even if you're able just to put maybe some of the some of the positive things that you've done in the sport on there and, and you're able to regulate it that way so a coach if wanted to could and could in fact see that's it. part of the recruiting process that we teach them how to use their social media for a positive benefit and what to put on there and what to avoid perfect so that amongst many 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 other topics are going to be covered at this event correct and that's why we have a breakout session later so parents can ask these questions of these people in the university level who know so people from all over Southern Arizona are invited, correct? The, the student athletes, along with the parents. Can you run us through the date and the times and the place again, Mr. Fanning? You betcha. <clears throat> you betcha. Um, it's going to be at Rio Rico High School, April 27th, from 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock. Um, that is uh, located in, on Camino Lito Galindo uh, in Rio Rico, Arizona. We'll have some people, as soon as you pull in the parking lot, assisting. We'll get everyone to the uh, Performing Arts Center. Like Coach said, we have uh, the keynote speaker uh, is from the University of Arizona. So he'll be talking a lot about uh, that process and what it takes to be a, a, you know, an elite athlete at the Division I level. Um, <clears throat> my son had the, uh, the fine opportunity to play for Coach Monaco when Coach Monaco at Pima College was the uh, football coach. And my son uh, played football for two years under Coach Monaco. So I'm, I'm very anxious to say hi to him and, and hear his words of wisdom because he's been, he's been around every single person that we're going to be having, the gentleman from NAU. They've been around the athletic um, arena for quite a long time. Uh, they know the ins and outs. So that 6 to 7 o'clock where they're up in front and they're discussing the process, I think is important. But equally so, I think Coach mentioned it, is that that one-on-one that -on -one opportunity that our parents and our athletes are going to have to ask those more in-depth questions about what it takes to play at the next level. One of the things you, you mentioned, um, you know, what do you say to your kids? <clears throat> One of the things that I've always told athletes is, it, you know, to make it at the next level, be, an athlete, be a, a student of the game, meaning learn more about the game. Don't just go out and play it. Watch it, observe, listen, keep your ears open. Like Coach said, social media, get on there. As a coach myself, um, I had some success in basketball more so than in any other sport. And as a coach, I was on the Internet constantly looking at what plays worked and so forth. That's the same thing for kids. These students can get online and they can see exactly you know, some of the moves. I, I, we're, we're running a basketball camp right now on Saturdays for our district, and we've had about 80 to 100 kids every week. And last week I saw a young man, I think he's a sophomore, junior in high school, and he wasn't out shooting the threes and, and, and horsing around. He was working on his footwork, and that impressed me. And, and, and that translates into, translate into any sport, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, is working on, and being, working on those intricate details that will separate you from that person that's not, that's not working on those details, that just goes out and, and uh, is not a student of the game. So 
being a student of the game, I think, is incredibly important. Learning more about the game um, can make a person that much better. And for a parent, it's fun to share that. You know, if the, if the parent can be there or whoever the role model is for the, for the child can be there and share those moments. And it's sometimes I, I just this morning I was watching an interview with Don Mattingly, if you remember the first baseman from the Yankees. And he said, I don't ever remember my parents yelling at me or even telling me really good job. They were just always there. And then he broke down. And he, he said, what that allowed me to do is that allowed me to never fear fa failure because they never really judged my performance, but they were always there to support me. So I didn't fear taking chances. I didn't fear screwing up. And he said, that's what I think really helped me as an athlete. Well, thank you for saying that because what I was just going to add is this is an event where you don't drop your child off. This is an event where you should be there with your child and sharing those moments, something to discuss later on. It's for all athletes, all sports, male, female, from 8th grade to 11th grade. And I, I think this is going to... This is going to help the entire area. Like I said, a rising tide lifts all boats. This will, I, I felt when I, when I opened this thing up, when I decided to do this big time for the entire county and, and through Cochise County and through Sarita and through South Tucson, I, I just said, you know what? The more recruiters we get down here for these kids, the better my kids at Rio Rico are going to have to be discovered. And that's what it's all about. Remember, your high school coach, and your high school athletic department, these people are not walking around with scholarships in their back pocket, folks. That comes from the college coach only. What we can do is help expose these kids and help them to be seen by the people that can make the right decisions. Your part is to help your child get to that point, and this is a chance to find out what you need to do and what has to be done to get there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we sign off? You guys did awesome. Thank you so much. Um, thank you once again uh, for joining us on the Santa Cruz County School Superintendent's Office Educational Forum, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you there. Transmitiendo nuestra comunidad al mundo.